Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. That money cannot master you. You must master money, if that makes sense. You cannot be mastered by money. You must master money. There's a very well-known pastor that we know very well. And he was in prayer and he was talking to the Lord about this subject. And the Lord told him this. And he, he stayed with that principle since. He said, when nothing means anything to you, I'll give you everything. He said, when, must, when nothing means anything to you, I'll give you everything. In other words... When you stop being worried about how much you're giving in God, why do I got to give in God? Why is this a sacrifice in God? When you start, stop talking like that and giving to the Lord means nothing to you and you're not offended and you're not worried about it, he says, I'll give you everything. And so from that day forward, that pastor that we know very well, the Lord began to bless him because he began to give and give and give and God continued to bless him. Because let me tell you something, as you give to the Lord, God gives back to you. He gives back to you, church. Amen? Like I said last week, I wanted to talk about this subject because it's a hard subject for pastors to talk about because people get offended or they get, they, it makes them feel weird about it. And here in this series, it's not to make you feel weird. It's for you to, be know, to know and be aware of what God says in the Bible about money. I'm not going to talk about my opinion. I'm not going to talk about what Wall Street says or, or what Dame, Dave Ramsey talks about. I'm going to talk about what the Bible says. Amen? The Bible says this. You have, I want you to now look into your Bible. I want you to go to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus 13. We're going to start in verses just 1 and 2. It says this. Exodus 13, 1 and 2 says this. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites. The first offspring to be born of both humans and animals belong to me. Belong to me. The title of my message is simply this, the power of first. The power of first. When we get this idea in the Bible of giving God the first of stuff, this is the foundation that it comes from. When you begin to tithe to the Lord and give offerings to the Lord, this is how it starts. And like I said earlier, every time you give to God, God will always give back to you. I've had two testimonies. Just last Sunday, there was a couple that came to me after service. And they told me, you know, her husband was against what we're talking about today. He was against tithing. He was, he, he was against all that. He thought it was like, a, a, like we were trying to scam. And he said the Lord, they said that when the Lord began to deal with them, they began to, get, to give to the Lord that they have never lacked since that day. They've always had plenty left over. Always. And that was this past Sunday. It was this past Sunday that they told me after service. They were, that the way, they were like, man, we're happy that you're talking about it. Because even though I was preaching last Sunday and I was, I was being authoritative, there was still in the back of my head like, man, are people going to come back because I talked about this? But you came back. Amen. You still like me a little bit. So, so we're going to keep talking about it. But it, I'm telling you, the power of first. Exodus chapter 13. I want you to go, go, go to verses 12 through 13. Exodus 13. 
12 through 13, it says this. It says, you must present all firstborn sons and firstborn male animals to the Lord, for they belong to him. A firstborn donkey may be brought back from the Lord by presenting a lamb or a young goat in its place. But if you do not buy, buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son. Which leads me to this first point. Is that the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. I said, what does this mean? What does this mean? The question is, how do you know what to sacrifice and what to redeem in the Old Testament? The donkey means unclean, and a lamb means clean. Donkey means unclean, lamb means clean. So I ask you this question, were you clean when you were born? Any of you in this room, were you clean? Some of you are like, is this a trick question? This is how you'll know if you were clean or unclean when you were born. Did you have to teach your kids how to be bad or did they just disobey naturally? Parents, did you have to teach them how to be bad or did they just disobey you naturally? Naturally, right? You didn't tell them, hey, when you get older, you can tell me off and talk back to me in public. That wasn't, hey, you can steal that candy. Please do. I like, I like Twix. No. We didn't teach them. It's a, it's, you were born with sin. All right? There was no, we never taught our kids that. In fact, it was the opposite. You, I don't know how it is now, but back in the day, you talked back to, have I talked back to my dad? <laughs> I don't know what, if kids know nowadays what a belt looks like. But they exist. Or it was, let's go to the restroom. And you're like, I don't want to go to the restroom. I don't need to go. Why, 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 why? That's all you hear in the restroom. And ah! That's what was taught. Now, when Jesus was born, was he clean or unclean? It was clean. And so, whatever was clean, some, whatever something needed to be redeemed, it needed something clean. And who was the Lamb of God? Jesus. In other words, Jesus was God's tithe for us. Does that make sense? I want to talk about the power of first, starting off with that. That when you give God your 10%, a tithe is 10% of what you make. You got paid on the 1st or the 15th or whatever. Your tithe is 10%. It is your first to the Lord. You're not sacrificing animals. We don't do that anymore. Please don't bring a dead animal to church. The tithe is the 10%. And here's the thing about tithing. You have to understand about tithing. Tithing takes faith for some people. Because a lot of times what we, th- what we think is like, man... I could have used those extra couple of hundred dollars for X amount of reasons. I could have used any of these things to pay off this or, man, I wanted to use this money to buy this. And, and before you know it, what happens is we begin to treat the tithe like a burden. And it's like, man, 
But God says to give him the first, to give him 10% of the offering. Whether you gave that today or you gave that last Sunday, God is asking us to give him the first, to give him the tithe. In fact, the Bible says this, if you want to go to Genesis chapter 14, Genesis 14, 18 through 20, it says this, and this is where we get a lot of our tithing from. It says, and then Melchizedek, the king of Salem and a priest of God most high brought Abram some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. He said, blessed, blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. And, be, and blessed be God most high who has defeated your enemies for you. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. This was 430 years before the Mosaic law. When you look at the Bible and the Bible talks and you hear law, law, law. That's the Mosaic law. But this was 430 years before the law that we all know about ever existed. It was this. 430 years before. Melchizedek kept understanding that Melchizedek was a priest that has no beginning. They don't, there's, no, there's no record of who his family was. So biblical scholars believe that this was Jesus coming in the Old Testament. This is a, a Jesus being in the Old Testament. Not revealing himself yet. As Jesus. And the Bible says that Abram, he gives to Melchizedek a tenth of all of his goods. A tenth of all his goods. He blessed this priest. In fact, Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews 5 says this. It says, in this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest. And he became the source of eternal salvation for those who obey him. Talking about Melchizedek. And God designated him to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. You have to understand something. When we talk about the tenth of stuff, it's not just in the book of Malachi. The book of Malachi is used all the time because, yes, God was upset. Was upset. He was upset only because the people were not giving to the Lord. And when you don't give to the Lord, what happens is you're stealing. And you're like, well, Pastor Sam, how am I stealing from God? Because God already asked us to give first. God already asked us. So I'm laying the foundation of first. That when we give to the Lord, give to the Lord in faith, knowing that it is a blessing to him. And it becomes a blessing to your life. It's a blessing to him. It's to bring him glory. Remember last week what I said. Last week, if you weren't here, I said this. I said, money in the hand is a tool. Money in the heart is poison. Money in the hand, it's a tool. But money in the heart, it is poison. It is poison. When money is just in your heart, it becomes poison. Why? Because you are becoming greedy and greedy and greedy. But as if, if it's only in your hand, it can be a blessing for your life and the people around you. Amen? Number two is this. You're taking notes today. Is that first fruits 
must be offered. We're talking about the power of first. First fruits must be offered. In fact, the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 3, 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. One more time. Verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with a good wine. When the King Solomon writes this, this is a hundred years after the law was presented. hundred years. You have two choices, church. You either bring it or you steal it. But it's going to be one or the other. Look at the Bible says in Proverbs. Look at that promise that when you honor God with your wealth, your barns will overflow. Your, your, you will have plenty left over. When your heart before the Lord, the Lord is God, okay, I'm going to give to you. I'm going to honor you with my wealth because you've blessed me. You've opened up doors for me. I've gotten all these things because the hand of God has been on me. I'm going to give it back. The Bible says that your barns will be overflowed, filled with grains, and your vats will overflow with good wine. The book of Malachi says the same thing. Will I not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't contain? That is what obedience looks like, church. When we learn to honor God with our wealth, with what we make, when you learn to honor God in that way, God will give back to you. That is a promise from the Bible. That's not something I made up right now. You're reading the same thing I'm reading. Amen? Okay. This past week, let me give you an example. This week, I drove to Tulsa because an amazing girl and her husband got married, who are the Almanas' daughter. Their oldest daughter got married. Give them a hand because they're awesome people. So we, I drove to Tulsa. My wife flew. How convenient. But I drove all the way to Tulsa. We had an amazing time. The wedding was great. And then we drove back together as a family with Catalina. And we stopped in Fort Worth. Uh, to visit um, a pastor that we served under, Pastor Jonathan. They opened up Revival today in Fort Worth, another church in Fort Worth. So by the way, this is a shout out. If you have family members that live in the DFW area or in Fort Worth, please tell them, go to Revival Today Church in Fort Worth. So we stopped because they're having 21 days of services. So we went to, to the Friday night service. And uh, the Lord was moving powerfully. It was great. And at the end, they picked up an offering, kind of like what we just did, that we picked up an offering. And um, I remember me and my wife were like, you know what, let's, let's give to this ministry. Let's, let's sow a seed to these people. And, you know, we gave a certain amount because I said, you know, we're talking about, we've been talking about money back in Laredo. Might as well follow through with what we're talking about. So we gave a significant amount to the ministry. That, that night, 
we went, it was, it, the service ended really late, so we ate somewhere in Fort Worth. And the people that were in another table paid for our meal. And I had never met them in my life. I didn't know who they were. They came up to me because they were like, we were in the service that you were in. And they were like, you know, we just felt led as we were eating and we saw you guys to pay for your dinner. And that was just in the same day that I decided to give to the Lord. If God can pay a meal for me, what can he do for your life? For your family? For your business? What if you decided as a business owner to tithe 10% of what you make in that month? What would that look like? If you said, God, I'm going to put my faith in you, not faith in my hands, in my ideas, in my thinking. God, I'm going to put my faith in you because every time you choose to give the first to the Lord, it's going to take faith because if you've never given 10% of your income, it's going to take faith. But I would rather live 90% blessed than 100% cursed. I would rather live that way. I've been, we've been tithing... A, for years, I don't, even, I don't even tithe 10%. I tithe ab- above 10% now. Because 10% was just too easy. It didn't take faith for me anymore. So now we give above 10%. We give 20%. And maybe for some of you that you've been tithing for a long time, why don't you challenge yourself and put your faith out to believe God to bless you with more and give God more. I'm not saying this has to be for everybody. This is just what I, because I want to be transparent with you. That's what we do personally. But we do these things because we believe in God and we want to honor God. We want to worship God. And we also believe that as whatever we release in our hand, God brings back. He fills our hands again. He fills our hand, but we must understand that God, because here's the thing, church, you have to understand, like I said during the transition, when God is first in your life, everything else will come to order in your life. Amen. Whenever there is chaos, and I'm not just talking about money now, but whenever there is chaos in your house, in your life, and things are, you're like, man, why is all this stuff happening? Why are we fighting? Why is there stress? Why? Have you, you have to ask, has God been first this week? Have I sought the Lord first? Have I put him first? Because usually when things start happening, it's because God's no longer first. He's in the back burner. He's in the, the times where it's more convenient And you kind of add him to your schedule when you feel like it's convenient for your life. But let me tell you something. When you put God first, everything else comes to order. It comes to order, church. Amen? Awesome. I want to read to you something. Because this is what it looks like when we have a heart of gratitude, when we have a heart of generosity, like we talked about last Sunday. We, we know if you grew up in church, you know the story of Cain and Abel. Cain kills his brother Abel in the book of Genesis. But I want you to see the difference as to why God rejected Cain and he blesses Abel. So you can understand how this works from the very beginning of time. Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. Genesis 4, 3 through 5. This is the beginning. I didn't make this up. Let's look what the Bible says. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel 
also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Go back to uh, verse 3. In case you missed it. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops. People miss it all the time. He gave some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Go to the next verse. Look what Abel does. He also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs of his flock. You see the difference? This is where giving starts. The Bible says that God rejected Cain because he gave some. He gave some. But the Bible says that Abel was accepted because he gave the very best. There is a difference, church, when you give some and the best. Back then, it was with animals and with crops because agriculture obviously was the thing to do. Now it's different. But when you have a heart that says, God, I'll give you some, And when you, there's a difference. And then when you say, God, I'll give you the best, there is a blessing and there is also a rejection that comes with it. I'm not saying, we're saying, Pastor Sam, well, what if I can't give God like Abel the very best? I understand. Maybe you can't give, I don't know, $10,000, but you know what? The best for you could look like $10 and God will see that. What does the Bible say in the Gospels? Remember the lady in the Gospels? The Bible says that, the, that Jesus uses a story where the, the religious people go and they're like, look, God, look at me. I'm giving you this amount of money. And this lady, all she had was this one, almost like a penny. And Jesus says she gave more to the Lord than these people. Because God looks at the heart. We talked about last week. That's not, we don't serve a dumb God, church. Like, oh, I can outwit him. He created you. He outwits you any day. But the first fruits church must be offered. Every time you give, keep that in mind that God, I'm going to give you the very best. I'm going to give you the very best. That check that I got, I'm going to give you the very best for that. You deserve 10%. And God is just, God is asking for 10%. You want to give above and beyond, that's between you and the Lord. But look at the difference when you treat the way you treat God. Because sometimes I think, church, we make the mistake and we treat God like we treat each other sometimes. It doesn't work that way. Amen? This shows you that God cannot be second. He can't be second. And if he has been second in your life, I, my desire, my encouragement to you is that you would put him first and watch what God does. Put him first. Amen? The last point is this. is Not only the first fruits, but the tithe must be first. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30 says this. 
It says, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. Let me, let me pay some debts first, and then I'll give to the Lord. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. God must be first. It's God. Once that money is in my bank account, if you get direct deposit or I get the check, 10%, let me set it aside for you. Let me set it aside for you. Can I tell you something? When you begin to do that, bills will not be the stress of your life. They will not be the stress of your life. Don't make the mistake where I got to pay bills and then I'll give to the Lord. No, put God first and you'll never be last. Put God first. Put God first. Put him first. Not only is tithing first for you, but tithing sets the tone for your family. You have to understand, I'm talking to parents now. That as you give to the Lord, you are showing your kids that God is first. And it's showing your kids that when they go to children's church, that when they give to the Lord, the Lord will bless them. It's showing your kids. I want to share with you something. Look what Moses says in Exodus chapter 13, verses 14 and 15. And in the future, your children will ask you, this is talking about the tithe and giving. What does this all mean? Then you will tell them with the power of his mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, the place of slavery. Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go. So the Lord killed all the firstborn males throughout the land of Egypt, both people and animals. That is why I now sacrifice all the firstborn males to the Lord, except that the firstborn sons were always, are always brought back. This ceremony will be like a mark branded on your hand or your forehead. It is a reminder that the power of the Lord's mighty hand brought us out of Egypt. When you give church, you're letting kids know that it's the hand of God that brought you out of what you were. It's the hand of God that blessed you with that job. It's the hand of God that opened the door for you. You're telling your kids and the generations after that it's because of God we have this house. I have this place. We have this car. It's because of God's hand on my life. It's not just for you. It's for the generations after you. It is because of the goodness of God. The goodness of God. So when Moses is writing this and they're talking about giving to the Lord at the end, they say that they're teaching their kid that it was the mighty hand of God. And it's because of the mighty hand of God over my life that I will give to the Lord gladly. Gladly, church. I'm not giving to the Lord crying or like in a pouting face, like, man, I got to give this to God. I will give to the Lord glad because of all he's done for my life. We talked about it last week also. It's because of God that you're standing here today. Because of the Lord that you're standing in this room and you're not divorced. That your kids are fine. 
that God is blessing. It's because of the hand of God over your life that your businesses are flourishing. It's because of the hand of God. Therefore, we could gladly give to God. Tithing must be first. This whole thing, the power of first, is for your life, but it's to teach a generation after you. My prayer is that when you are with the Lord a long time from now, that your kids will be blessed. And they will be givers. And they will put the Lord first. And you're not going to have to worry about, man, are they going to honor God? They're going to honor God because mom and dad honored God. Mom and dad honored the Lord. And they gladly did it with no sorrow in their lips. May we learn this principle, the power of first. For some of you, this is the first time you've ever heard it like this. Some of you, you've already known what tithing is. My prayer is that you would be consistent in it. Not for my sake. It has nothing to do with me. Not once. Last week and this week that I ever mentioned. Like I said last week, if you weren't here, I said, I don't need you to shake my hand like a drug dealer and slip me a five in the lobby. But this has everything to do with you. Amen. But I want this to enter your spirit that God, you deserve the first. You deserve the best. And maybe in this room when you're like, you know what, Pastor Sam, I, I haven't given God my best. I've done the opposite. And it's okay. Jesus can redeem what was once lost in your life. And you can choose today. Say, God, from this day forward, I'm not going to look at giving as a burden, but a blessing. I'm going to give you the very best. And if you already gave your tithe, then every Sunday you're going to give God. An offering is above and beyond. An offering is what you give to the Lord every other Sunday after your tithe. Whatever the Lord puts in your heart. That's why I said it earlier in the book of Corinthians. Whatever's in your heart, give to the Lord. But may money always be a tool in your hand and not in your heart. Not poison in your heart. A tool in your hand. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.